Well, my name is Bob uh, Kadlisic. I'm one of the pastors here at Bridgewater Church, and I am just really excited. Next Sunday, I say this a lot because I love baptism Sundays, and Christmas Eve is awesome, and Easter's, but, but next Sunday is going to be the best, or one of the best. <laughs> Sundays of the year, um, Be the Church Sunday, and so I want to just uh, talk a little bit about that today and about um, really our purpose and mission as a church. I thought about bringing um, this in today, but I didn't. We have a, a poor man's um, watering can. It's a gallon jug that we po poked holes in the bottom of, and so you scoop it into a, like a five-gallon jug, and then you just hold it over the, the garden, and it just waters the garden. Um, so I was pouring cement, uh, and I needed water, so I sent my 12-year-old to get water. And of course, there's these big, heavy five-gallon buckets, and then there's this little one-gallon container with the top cut off of it. And so here he comes down, you know, and by the time he got to me, you know, half of it's gone, and I'm like, thanks, bud. Um... Did you know? <laughs> um, here, here's the thing. Vision leaks. So vision, your purpose in life, what, what God created you to do, what, what, what the church, the purpose of this church is, what the purpose of your life is, all of that. This is God's vision for us, what he wants. We need to be constantly reminded of it because it just slowly leaks out and we find ourselves just distracted and doing other things that, that, that aren't the one thing that God wants us to do. And, and one of the things I've discovered as we're gonna talk about this is nobody cares about solutions. If I go, go up to you and I say, have I got a solution for you? You're probably gonna think, oh, what's he selling? Another sales pitch. I hear about a hundred solutions every day, you know, and commercials and things. And nobody cares about solutions. What people care about is problems and solving their problems. They're not interested in your solutions. They're interested in solving their problems. And so I just want to talk about as we begin some of the problems in the world today. And um, these are... Un seemingly unsolvable huge problems, addiction, alcohol, uh, you know, all sorts of addiction, drugs, even smoking or chew or all these. This is a big problem, right? Causes, you know, tens of thousands of deaths every year directly and hundreds of thousands indirectly. And then you got crime. Crime is an issue. It's on the rise in our country and across the world. And then you have war, which is kind of like crime on a massive scale, you know, and policing on a massive scale. And then you have poverty. This is, this is a picture from Cora, Ethiopia, where Jake Boner, he's back, on, uh, he's back in the United States right now, but we support a group he's involved with, Hope for Cora. Over 100,000 people live on and around this garbage dump. I mean, there was an avalanche two years ago that killed, I think, over 100 people. An avalanche of garbage because it's piled scores of feet high. And uh, this is where they live. Poverty, this is a problem. Not just in other places, this is San Francisco. Homelessness, it's a problem. Racism, I thought when I was, you know, in my early 20s, I thought, man, racism is on its way out, like it's dying, it's gonna be one of those extinct vices, and that's not what happened. 
Slavery, more slaves in the world today than in any other time in human history. Problem, abuse and neglect of the elderly, of children, of women, of the vulnerable. Suicide, I think it's what, like 100,000 people are gonna take their own lives this year. Greed, this is one of those things that we don't think is a real issue, but you look at some of these systemic problems throughout our, this is, this is huge. And then there's even things that, that we might, you know, kind of in a different category, but elephantitis, uh, hookworm, roundworm, whipworm, river blindness, these are all diseases that could be cured by less than a dollar worth of medicine per person a year. And and you know, we have all of these problems and you might think, well, what is it? Okay, so we have problems. Like, there is a common thread in all these problems. You know what it is? They can all be solved. They're all because of human behavior. And even these things, we could solve this if people cared. And so often, this is me. And this is you. This is like a really popular meme, right? I mean, this is fine. As long as it's not my family member who's being arrested for crime, as long as it's not my friend who's addicted, as long as it's not my, you know, I can live my life like this. I got my coffee, I got my table, got a comfortable chair, and the world burns around us. The world is burning, literally, figuratively. What is the solution? Here's a really interesting statement. Pain insists on being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Why are there so many problems in this world? It is an indicator that something is really, really wrong, and God wants us to notice. You know, if, if I had any number of, uh, a lot of people, if you have any number of physical ailments, we wouldn't go to the doctor if it wasn't painful. <laughs> In fact, we wouldn't even know that it was wrong. That's one of the things about certain types of cancer, like lung cancer, often it spreads and becomes, you know, uh, you know metastasizes throughout the body before you feel anything is wrong. You see, and so God has created this world in such a way that he knows that we will pay attention to pain. And so that is how he gets our attention, that there is something wrong and broken spiritually in this world, and it has physical, real-world consequences, and, and what do we do about it? Well, there's lots of theories about what we do about it. One of them is more and better education. If we just tell young people Drugs are bad for them. Then they won't use drugs. See, it's an education problem, right? And I remember as a teenager, this is your brain on drugs. You remember those commercials? They crack the egg, they put it in the frying pan, and any questions? So I, I knew, all my friends knew, drugs are bad. But yet, many people continue to use drugs like more education is important education is helpful but that is not going to solve all of these behavioral problems that plague humanity well how about more and better money you know if we just 
throw money at poverty. That's how we'll do. We have, the United States has been in a war on poverty for over half a century. And we have spent literally trillions of dollars. And initially, it helped a little bit. And then, and then, and basically, it's a wash. We're just as poor and just as many poor now. The, the only would be some of the elderly. Social Security has, 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 has really lessened the poverty of some of the elderly. But other than that, like more and better money. And yes, you can waste money. And there are better ways of spending it that are more productive to help limit poverty. But, but that's not the solution. We've been trying. This is the richest, most educated country and culture and time in human history and our problems are no less. More and better laws. Laws, of course, are important. Good laws, better laws are, are really important. Man, if we could just pass laws against suicide, that would, that would eliminate it. Right? No, we, we know this is not, this is not, and of course, more and better politicians, certainly not the answer. Right? Did you know that in the United States, there's over a half a million politicians? You know that local, government, you know, state, federal, and then on top of that, that's not even counting the legal system and, and judges and police, or I, I looked up how many government agencies are there, and you know what the answer was? Nobody's sure. <laughs> it's always a bad sign. At least 115 separate government agencies and all the bureaucrats running those agencies. Is, is that what's going to solve things? No. The world's problems will not be solved by any of these things. And so what, what is the solution? What is the vision to address these, these terrible problems in our world today? Just throw up our hands and be like, oh, well, it's just the way it is. As long as it doesn't affect me. Jesus had a solution. More and better disciples. And you might think, that's kind of an overstatement. How is that going to change all of this? It will. It has. It does. Then Jesus came to them. This is some of his last words. So he already died on the cross to pay for our sins. He already rose from the dead at this point. He's meeting. He's, he's with over 500 people and this is just before he, he ascends up into heaven. And so he's speaking to this crowd. These are some of his last words. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. That's a lot. It's a lot of authority. All. And, and he's not exaggerating. Like, like he literally had all authority in heaven on earth. And so anything he would have done, God the Father basically said, Jesus, anything you want to do, you can do it. You have all authority. You have all power. I mean, he could have set up um, a military group headed by angels that would never lose a battle. He could have started a library or an educational institution. He could have started a hospital that, that would have just changed and revolutionized healthcare in the, in, in the world. He, he, could have, he could have started a political group that would have never lost an election. He could have done anything all authority. What did he do with all that power? This was his plan. And um, just the, the, the verbiage of all this, there's one command he gives. 
says, there's one thing I want to do with all this authority and power. I'm going to start the church, and this is your job. Make disciples of all nations. And then there's three participles that modify that. Three ways that we make disciples. Number one, we go. If Jesus was right here this morning, first of all, I would be sitting right next to Terry. In the front, I would not be up here if Jesus was here. <laughs> and if he were saying this, he would say, you need to go. You're, you're not going to make disciples by staying within these four walls. It, it's out there that you need to go. And then make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a way of publicly demonstrating that I have asked Jesus to forgive me and my sins and take my place and my punishment. And I have surrendered and made Jesus my Lord and, and, and Master baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. So there's, there's three things that following Jesus means. It means going, it means baptizing, it means obeying and teaching others along the way as we go and obey and teach. And um, next Sunday is a going Sunday. Next Sunday is gonna be a, a, an obeying Sunday and a teaching others to obey. Next Sunday is not going to be a baptism Sunday. That was last week, and um, we're going to have some of those in the future. But but here, here's here's what Jesus is saying. Going to double down on this. Another uh, story that he gives that kind of illustrates what he's talking about here. Our mission and our goal as followers of Jesus. He says, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons, and he went to the first and said, son, go work in the, today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered, but later he changed his mind and he went. The father went to the other son and said the same thing and he answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Dumb question, which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. The one who said no, but actually did it, actually obeyed, and the one who said he'd go and actually didn't, did not obey. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. All right, that, that's not positive. <laughs> they were probably very offended. For John came to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. John was the greatest prophet in the Bible who came just before Jesus to prepare people for Jesus' coming and help them turn to God. He says, you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. When Jesus talks about belief in the Bible, he's talking about belief that acts and behaves differently. That's what repentance is. He's saying, you're the kind of people that say you believe and you say the right things, yes, I will go. But then you don't do it. He says, that's not the kind of belief I want. That's not the kind of belief that saves. That's not the kind of, I don't want here, here's a way of summarizing it. Jesus says, I don't want fans. Jesus might say, I've had it up to here with fans. I got thousands of people who want to feed them, you know, multiply bread and fishes. They're fans, but I don't trust them because they say one thing, but they don't do it. 
Here's a couple things, difference between fans and followers. Fans love their team, don't they? Fans talk about their team. Fans know all about their team. But what do fans do? Yeah, they do nothing. They watch, they sit on the, they criticize the people that are doing things. I can't believe you dropped the ball. Come on, get some hands for Christmas for crying out loud. You know, my coach always told me that. He also said I was like Superman. I had hands of steel. Everything bounced off of them. But uh, anyway, um, Jesus, you know, we got all these fans. And, and you know, most of us here, you know, there's different levels of fan, right? There's the uh, watch only the Super Bowl fan. And that even more for the commercials, right? That's like the lowest level of fan. Right, I mean, real fans, we just, they just, and I actually am, am that guy sometimes. Um, but real fans would despise that kind of fan, right? Because they're like, they're like, We're, I don't just watch the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? I have season tickets. I mean, that's like a really committed fan. Like, not just watching on TV, but you like pay money and you go to the games and you got the tailgate party and all that and you can think that you're kind of superior to these, you know, lowly fans who just watched the Super Bowl. They're not really fans. You know, it's like how my sister picked out her favorite team, the Seattle Seahawks. They had the prettiest helmets. <laughs> like, no, that's not, how it, that's not how you do it. Your father has been a Giants fan for for longer than they've, I mean, they've been terrible and he persevered and you know, they, that's how you, that's like a fan. You don't just say the helmets are pretty. What? And I think many of us, we think, you know, those people who come only on Christmas Eve and Easter, I mean, those fans, they're like, they're like the lowest, I mean, I'm committed. I bought season tickets. I paid for my seat. You don't have to pay for your seats, but you know. But I'm here every week. That's not what Jesus is interested in. Players get up two hours before work and work out. Right? They, everything in their life, their diet, what they eat, what, what they... And, and they watch games, but they watch them differently. They don't watch to criticize or to enjoy. They watch to say, man, let me rewind that again. Look how he made that space. He went to space and he made that space for himself so he'd be open. And, and how did he do, okay, oh, he made that move. Let me rewind, watch that. How did he do that move? What was his footing? Okay, how is he, they're watching because I want to do that, I wanna be that. This is what Jesus wants for his church. He doesn't want fans who say the right things, who know all about all the stats and all of that. Because unlike professional football, where there's like, you know, probably millions of people who'd love to play, but we're just not good enough, Jesus has openings on his roster. Lots of them. There's some places he can't even field a team. And he's, he's, he's inviting us, hey, 
come down on the field. Oh, I might get hit. I might put myself in danger. I might pull a muscle. I might, I might, boy, it's going to be exhausting. All that responsibility into, you know what? I'm good. I'll just, I'll just cheer you guys on. That's not what Jesus wants. That's not what following Jesus means. In fact, if you've only been a fan, you've never really been a Christian. Because being a Christian isn't just about, you know, saying the right thing, believing the right things. James 2.19, I think it is, it says, you believe in God, good, even the demons believe and tremble. That's not good company to merely believe the right things and be a fan. He, we need to be followers. What are you doing? This Sunday mornings are, are either practice or it's the huddle, okay? That, that, that's the goal is to send out. So some of you on Sunday morning, you actually play on Sunday morning. You actually are in a game on Sunday morning because you serve. And uh, in some ways, serving on Sunday morning is a little bit like practice because it's a little bit safer, right? The stakes aren't as high. You're among friends. And then, but, but the game is out there Monday and even Sunday afternoon through, through Sunday morning or Saturday night. That's where the game is. And that's where Jesus wants you to get involved and to play. And so next Sunday is, is, a, is a day that we just want to remind all of us that what God has brought us here to do, all of those problems that I mentioned at the beginning, they can all be solved. And that's if everyone were to come to Christ. But even if a few more people would come to Christ, they would be limited. They would shrink. They would be lessened. The world would be better if just a few more people would follow Jesus. Following Jesus is the solution to almost everything that's wrong in our world today. And we have good news, right? I could say I have good news, but it's better than that. You have good news. Most of you here, you have great news that there is hope and there is a solution and there is, there is a difference that can be made. And are you ready to get in the game? So next Sunday is a get in the game Sunday, okay? So one Sunday out of the year, we say instead of getting together like this and talking about what we should do and encouraging us to do what we need to do, next Sunday we're gonna gather here for just a few minutes and then go out and do it. And so we are gonna show up Sunday, July 30th at 9 a.m. Okay, this does not mean 9.01. Okay, some of you, this service starts at 9, some of you this is news. You're like, really? It's not 9.15? Are you sure? Because I've never been here earlier than that, all right? If you are a project leader, um, you need to be here at 8.30, all right? And we are encouraging at the sign of sheep for for others, especially if you don't have a project, you need to be here at 8.45, okay? And just just get get a project. So, So next Sunday, you show up here briefly. You get a donut, which is optional. We will not force you to eat it. Um, I will eat your donut if you would, if, if you really want me to. All right, no, okay, and a free t-shirt. This is a vintage one, okay? You won't get this one because it won't fit some of you, but, 
So I'm so massive. Yeah. So you won't get this. You'll, you'll get a new one, okay? We got from five-year-old kid-sized T-shirt to, to, you know, I won't say, to, to big. Um, so you get a free T-shirt and a project. Now, this will help you is if you sign up for a project today. There's a, there's a table out there. You can just swarm it afterward and look at the, because if you sign up for the project, then you'll know like, oh, I need to bring a paintbrush or I need to bring a weed whacker or I need to bring a hammer or a, a, a you know, cordless drill or whatever, you know, and, and so no skills are needed. If you are skilled, there are skilled things probably that you could do, okay? But if you are like me and you really don't have skills, it's okay. In fact, you don't even have to be able to walk. There will be things here. I think Interfaith has some things as well that, that require sit, the ability to sit. Um, so if you can sit, you're, you're good. Um, nursery to pre-K child care will be provided here. Older kids, you know, five, six years old and up can, can go with you. Pick a project, they can go with you. We're not doing anything like taking down power lines or anything like dangerous, okay? So, so probably most, most projects you could take them with you. Um, sign up for projects today. We do need more projects. So we have enough projects out there for probably close to 200 people. I am hoping, I, I know that this is one of the lowest attended Sundays of the year. And, and that's okay because there's a lot of people that are just fans. Now, now, I would say, even if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you should come because you should see what it's like to play in a game for Jesus. It's a blast. Um, and so, but we need more projects. So we have projects for maybe 200 people. We need another 100 people projects. So if you know like an elderly person that has something that they need help with, or if you know um, a park that, that, you know, or wh whatever it might be, um, sign up. There's a sheet for that as well, a, a sheet for, I, contact me, I, I have a project, get in touch with me. And then finally, free lunch from 1130 to 1. This is really important so that everybody goes out and then we come back together to just see what God has done, you know, and to talk about it. And so a couple people will be here preparing that meal. Um, and there, I don't know if there's a sign-up sheet for that or not, but um, Anyway, but that, that, that's kind of the day. Two, two additional things that uh, I want to mention about next Sunday. Um, number one, when you go out, remember, this is not about the job and getting things accomplished. This is about serving and loving other people in the name of Jesus Christ. So if you're at a house and this little old lady wants you to do something this way, and you're a professional and you know this way would be easier and faster. Like just, it's, a, it's about the people. It's not about the job. So just, just keep that in mind as you go out. There's a lot of things you'll get instructions. We'll have little cards to take with you so you could have a photographer for every group and upload the pictures or the videos of it to this little QR code thing. And, and yeah, anyway, lots of stuff like that. But the, the last thing I wanna say is this, this is probably the easiest invite Sunday of the year. I mean, you just need to go to your neighbors, you need to go to your coworkers and family members and say, hey, would you like to not go to church with me next Sunday? And they'd probably be like, what? Especially if you're a pastor. They're like, what? 
And they will say yes. They will not go to church with you next Sunday, one way or the other. <laughs> Either with you or not with you, they will not go to church. And so this is just a, a really easy invite and a way even to get other people uh, involved and to see the, the solution that God has. Now, if you're watching online, um, you have a DIY, uh, DIY, there we go, I'm not good with acronyms, <laughs> D-J-G-C-D-T-C, don't just go to church, be the B-T-C, anyway. If you're online, do it yourself. So you gotta figure it out yourself. In fact, I, I, I have had numerous people come to me after we do this and say, can we do this every week? And my answer is yes, but not on Sunday morning. <laughs> All right, you can do this on your own. And we've had different people do this on their own. And sometimes you work with difficult people when you try to help them. But you know what? In the name of Jesus, this, this is what, this is just a little piece of what God wants us to do. He wants us to change the world. And we do that by serving and loving other people and telling them about Jesus. And, and, and they see the hope and they see the joy and they see the difference. And it's his plan to make more and better followers Disciples are followers of Jesus. And so uh, let's, let's do that together. Um, we're going to close with a song. And while we sing that song, we're going to have a couple people up front here. If you came this morning and there's a need you want someone to pray about, if uh, even in your own life, if you think, man, I'm not a follower, I've been a fan, or I used to be a follower, and then now I've kind of been just a fan, and I need to talk to someone. I need to pray and get that right with God. I want to encourage you to come up as, as the band closes in, in this song. But the song this band is going to sing, and we've been singing it for several weeks, it's, it's a doozy. Like, it, it's hard to sing if you actually mean it. And it's saying, if more of you means less of me, Take everything. Everything? Take my home. Take my kids. Take my spouse. Take my life. If, if more of you means less of me, take everything. And I want you really to think about what that means and whether you're there. Because that that sounds like the pinnacle of a saintly Christian life, but it's actually the starting point as well. That's the gospel, to say, forgive me, and I give you everything. I'm yours, I want you to be my Lord. That's the, the starting point, and the return point, and the finish point. We start with the gospel, we need to live that gospel out, we need to return to the gospel. We, we, we die, hopefully, holding on to that good news, that more of him is what we want, it's what we need, it's what the world needs, more of him and less of me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for bringing these people together here this morning in this room, watching online. God, I just ask that you would uh, help us to not be fans, 
and not to judge ourselves as I'm a better fan than the person sitting next to me, but God, that we would be followers, that we would go from here, that we would teach others to obey, not only with our words, but with our actions, that we would have the privilege to baptize, that, that you would use us to change this world, to fix the problems that nobody seems to have any clue of how to fix by just helping people follow you, by following you ourselves, by, by being a a living reflection of Jesus Christ. Lord, I just ask that we would do more than sing the words of this song this morning, but that you would help us to live it out this week. In Jesus' name we pray.